This is the Italian Real Estate Podcast, here to help you with the ins and outs and basics of Italian real estate presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. I am here with Italian attorney Marco Permunian from ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. How are you doing today, Marco? Welcome back. Thank you. How are you? Good. Doing well, thank you. Today, we wanted to talk about some of the terminology in regards to purchasing Italian property. This may end up being one or two episodes, depending on how this one goes. Uh, we've also already done, for those of you who watch the Italian Citizenship Podcast that we do, we have talked about some of the terminology in either the episode that will come out, oh, I'm not sure now of how the episode releases will go, but either the episode that will come before this or after this, sometime around this episode, um, there will be an episode or there already has been an episode on terminology to do with the Italian citizenship process some of which may be a little bit relevant to what we're talking about today. But in this episode specifically, we wanted to talk about real estate-centric terminology. And so the first one that I think we should start out with, um, just to kind of define what we've been talking about in some of these episodes, the preliminary contract. What What is that? You normally enter into a preliminary contract prior to signing the final deed of sale. It is not necessarily to enter into a preliminary contract, but it's very common for people in Italy to sign a preliminary contract because that allows you to do your due diligence. So you normally first sign your preliminary contract, and then if everything is in order, then you go ahead and sign the final contract of sale. And one of the main differences between the two is that the preliminary contract is just like a regular contract, whereas the final contract of sale is a contract that you have to sign before an Italian public notary in order for the contract to have legal values and the legal effects. So that's actually, that brings me to the next term that I was just about to ask you about, be the notaio, the public notary here in Italy because that is something that is a little bit different. Uh, we've done an episode on this already, but maybe just to quickly go over um, what that is here in Italy. It is a public official that basically certifies the transaction. So he, you have to execute the final contract of sale, so the contract that transferred the ownership rights to the buyer before an Italian public notary. An Italian public notary is a public official and someone who has a law degree, so someone who went to law school, and there is only a limited number of notaries in the country, and you have to necessarily use one when you purchase properties, when you have to execute a power of attorney, and when you have to form a company, for example. In the US, the public notary is someone who is, like, who's function is somewhat similar but i'd say the professional like the profession is radically different so in the u.s like going to a notary is something like quite common that you do when you have to have your signature certified by a notary that's essentially what a notary in the u.s does even if it's not all of it but in italy a notary is a like i said a completely different professional, someone who went to law school, someone you have to go to for specific things, and uh, including like establishing a company, uh, purchasing properties, signing 
uh, power of attorney. Uh, I, something you mentioned in the episode about the public notary here in Italy, which I really have to say was a really fascinating episode to listen back to, um, to learn about the the, the notaries here. Uh, you were mentioning that they have to actually be somebody who is well-versed on various areas of law because they are somebody who actually has a legal standing in the country. Yes, and another difference that is probably worth mentioning is the cost. Like using a notary in the U.S. is normally something that is re relatively inexpensive, like a, f a few dollars, like ten dollars, fifteen dollars. In Italy, depending on what you're using the notary for, it, it will cost like anyway much more. Um, it could be like as little as a few hundred euros if you're using the notary for a power of attorney or for a will but it could go easily up to a few thousand euros if the notary is involved in the real estate transaction or in the uh, when you're establishing when you are incorporating establishing a company that is also quite expensive and something that i believe if i'm not mistaken is attached to the notary here is the deed of sale and how what does that look like here in italy yeah, we talked about that briefly um, a few minutes ago. So the deed of sale is the final contract through which you transfer the ownership rights to the seller. Um, it has to be done before a public notary and it also has to be registered in a specific registry. So it's, it's a very official document that uh, basically certifies that you have become the owner of a, of a um, specific property and that it, it's normally like a very long contract that indicates like all of the, um, the the names of the parties if someone is acting on behalf of somebody else through a power of attorney all of the information regarding the property potential limitation to the property rights so it's a very very detailed document and something i guess that would come a little bit earlier in the um the, the process of purchasing property, not I guess, but definitely would have to, would be the offer and the acceptance of that offer. Normally you start the purchase process with an offer. So a property is on the market and you make an offer, normally in writing, uh, sometimes to a, through a real estate agent when one is involved, when the property is being sold uh, through a real estate agent. So when it, in those cases, normally you submit the offer to the agent who submits the offer to the seller. It's it's a document. Uh, normally, if you use a real estate agent, they have like these templates that you just fill out with all the information uh, regarding the specific property that you want to make the offer for. And the offer is then sent to the, to the owner of the property who can accept the offer or deny the offer. And very often what happens is that the seller just fills out the fields in the proposal that, that were left blank and signs the proposal and that constitutes like formal acceptance of your offer. But then also in regards to the purchase of the property, something that I'm sure that comes up quite often is the mutuo. Mutuo is basically a mortgage. So the equivalent of a mortgage in the US. So it's normally, uh, granted by a bank you have to uh, request it from an italian bank and generally a mortgage it's something that is uh, given to people who reside in italy or have an income in italy so or other properties that they can put up as collateral so it's it's very hard to find 
a bank in Italy who will give a loan, a mortgage to someone who doesn't have the ability to give back the money. So someone who doesn't have an income in Italy or, or, or a job, a paycheck. So that's a question that we get a lot. Uh, in those cases, like if a person is interested in getting a mortgage uh, to buy the property but doesn't have any income in Italy, in those cases, it is best to request a loan in your own country to buy the property in Italy. And another term that's also attached to banking here, which will be something that people will often see come up, is the term bonifico bancario. What is that? That's a bank transfer, wire transfer, and that's normally the way, I, I wouldn't say it's like the most common way of paying for your property because you normally pay through checks, but you can pay uh, with a wire transfer. So the wire transfer is made by the buyer to the seller to pay for the deposit or to pay for the final price of the property. In some cases, you can also wire the funds to a third party and normally the third party is the notary, the Italian public notary, who will release the money to the seller um, when the transaction is completed. So basically the notary in this case would function as a an escrow agent. And you were mentioning before about paying through a check. Would that be the assegno circolare? Yes, the most common way of paying for uh, your property is through a cashier's check which is basically a check that is guaranteed by the, the bank. And normally you exchange the check with the seller before the notary. So you go to the appointment with the notary with your cashier's check, which is then given to the other party when you are given the keys of the property right after you sign the final contract of sale. And something that I know is attached to the function of the notary here, the imposta di registro. How, what is that exactly? That's basically the purchase tax. So the tax that you pay because you are purchasing a property, it can be in between the 2% and the 9% of the value on paper of the property that you're buying. Uh, it is normally the 2% for first houses, and you also have to meet other requirements, which we can talk about in a second. Or it can be like as high as the 9% of the value on paper of the property. But is the IMU the same thing? Is it the same tax or is that something separate? That is something separate. And the IMU is a tax that you pay annually, but not if it's your first property. So only on second, third properties. And you have to pay basically a an amount annually, which is normally not a very uh, high amount, it's, it's relatively low, and it depends. It's calculated uh, according to very difficult like calculations, uh, and it's calculated based on various factors, and also it depends on the area where the property is located on, on the rules in that specific area. So what you were talking, also just going back to what you were talking about before and what you've spoken about in previous episodes about um, the tax levels depending, can change depending on various factors. Um, what is that and what is it called? If you are buying your first house in Italy, you can use the Beneficio Prima Casa, which is a tax discount for people who buy their first property in Italy and they end up paying the 2% on the value on paper of the property rather than the 9%. So the requirements are that need to be met are 
first of all, you have to be buying your first property in Italy. And the second requirement is that you move your residency, and we talked about the residency, the concept of residency, into the property within 18 months from the purchase of the property. Also, if you are an Italian citizen residing abroad and you're buying your first property in Italy, simply by being registered with the IRS, so without having to move your residency in Italy within the 18 months, you can use also, in that case, the tax discount and pay the 2% instead of the 9%. Anyway, I think we have gotten pretty far through the list, but we still have a lot to talk about. So I think it's better if we leave that for another time so that we can keep this episode a little bit on the shorter side. So of course, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Italian Real Estate Podcast. If you are seeking assistance with purchasing property here in Italy, you can of course contact Marco and his team at Italian Real Estate Lawyers. Com, where you can also find the contact form to get in touch with them. And also, if you're interested in more information about life in Italy, living in Italy as a dual citizen or as an expat, I have my own YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Rafael Di Furia. Of course, thank you for joining us again, and we look forward to seeing you all next time. See ya. Thank you. Thank you.